Welcome back to the Self Project Podcast. This podcast is all about self-discovery, self-improvement. It's a space for all the self things that you could need. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and today we have a really awesome guest. Her name is Esther. She was diagnosed at the age of 46 with ADHD, and she shares more of her story just about how it really transformed her life, helped her understand herself better, helped her, um, you know, better structure her life and overcome some of the things that she was dealing with. So I can't wait for you to dive in and listen. And if you are loving listening to all of our different self-improvement topics, safe space, come and work on your own self-project journey, you can check out the self-project membership. I will link it up in the show notes. It's a space every week. We're live talking about different topics that affect us, how we can work through things, how we can heal, how we can become more self-aware and live our best lives and really thrive. So make sure you check out the link in the bio for that. And let's go ahead and jump into our show today. So I just want to kind of kick off, Esther, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. I have to say, I'm really, really excited to be able to speak with you. Um, When you hear a little bit more about Esther, um, we're so similar. We both uh, are affected by ADHD. We both uh, are tattooed. We both are um, in our sobriety journeys. So I'm just really excited to hear more about you. And I'd love to just kind of dive in. and let you, you want to just tell us more about you, Esther? Oh, that's always the million dollar question, isn't it? Because especially with ADHD, you can just like go, well, I was born. And then. <laughs> so I think that, um, I don't know, uh, so yeah, so I, well, my sobriety, then let's start with that. So I've been sober for nearly seven years now. And um, that was, uh, that was something I never anticipated that I would enjoy. Um, I always thought that alcohol was what made life fun. Um, until, of course, I realized one day that actually this is ruining everything. Um, and um, I, I got sober after I had a breakdown and um, I ended up doing yoga teacher training. And that gave me a lot of... Um, coping strategies, breath and stress release and a lot of self-reflection and a lot of inner work, a lot of healing that led me to a place where I was able to say, right, this is hurting me. Alcohol is actually probably going to kill me and I don't need it anymore. So I can just put it to one side and, and move on into something different in life. And I spent a few years thinking that I was kind of fixed you know, I, like I got to this place where I was sober and I was feeling pretty good about myself um, because I was finally able to deal with all the stuff in my head rather than just drowning out all the pain and the noise and the raging that was constantly going on in my head. But I started kind of, I, I became very conscious of the fact that I seemed to be a lot more efficient in an awful lot of ways when I was drinking, that I was able to focus on things a lot more, that I was able to, I mean, I thought I was able to manage life better. Of course, I wasn't managed better. I was just a lot less aware of 
my chaos when I was drinking because the minute life got chaotic, I would just get drunk and who cares about the chaos when you're drunk? Um, and, And I was very confused as to like, why is it that I feel more erratic and more scattered now than I am than, than I was before and one day I was I was watching my son so my son is 11 now so this we would have been about seven or eight maybe and he was very fidgety he was very socially awkward he was he had a lot of peculiar traits that I that I knew made him stand out a little bit from other children and so I started wondering if because I, I, I honed in on the fidgeting and I thought, right, that's ADHD. That could be ADHD. So I'm going to look and see if he's got ADHD. So I started reading lots of lists of symptoms and traits of ADHD. And I saw little bits of my son. I thought, yeah, he could have ADHD. That could be him. That could be him. But then there was lots that didn't really fit him. But what I did see in bold flashing neon lights in every single line of the description of ADHD was me. And everything I read about ADHD, it was like, this is me, this is me. It was as, and I remember saying to my mom, it's as if somebody has been following me for a while and watching what I do and then writing down everything I do and putting it on a sheet of paper in front of me. Cause it was so much like me. It was like, do they know me? What's going on? Do these people know me? I've never met the person who's written this article, but it's like they know me. And so I found out that I worked out that I have ADHD and everything I thought I knew about myself, everything that I ever told myself was who I was. Suddenly it was like, actually, no, that's not who I am then because that's because of this. So all the things I, all the criticisms that I'd ever leveled at myself, all the criticisms that everybody else had leveled at me that had felt like they were part of the bad part of me. Suddenly it was like, well, that's just how my brain works. So I can't be a bad person because I can't turn up on time for anything. That doesn't make me bad. That just means I've got this thing, this ADHD, this brain that doesn't quite fit into those boxes that you people seem to occupy. And when I when I got diagnosed, so it, it was a while before I actually got diagnosed. And the diagnosis itself was hilariously so ADHD that it was ridiculous because I was answering these questions in the most ADHD way imaginable. I was like bouncing up and down in my seat and every question was answered with three stories to explain why the answer to that question was yes. And I think me and the the psychiatrist both knew within about five questions that the answer was going to be a resounding yes, you definitely have ADHD. He didn't even bother to like go through the answers at the end to add up the scores on the questionnaire. He just said, yes, you've totally got it. Um, and it's been, it's been, it was like, it was such a validation of, of me. And I mean, I, I'm sure like, if you were diagnosed late in life, as I, I, I suspect an awful lot of women in particular, I, I think most women seem to get, figure it out as adults rather than get diagnosed as children. Um, 
that you go through this period of, of grieving, thinking, oh, but imagine if they'd known when I was five, imagine if they'd known when I was 10, how different my life could have been and all the things, all the could have been and the wish I had and, and all this. I went through this quite deep grieving process for a little while. And then I started to think, yeah, but it's okay because I'm here now and this is who I am. And actually, I'm kind of cool. <laughs> and yes, my life has been a total car crash, but I'm okay. And it was just this, and I, I love it now. I mean, if I could go around waving a flag, say an ADHD rocks most of the time, I probably would because I think that all the things that I love about my life and all the things that I love about me are directly because I have ADHD. And if I didn't have ADHD, I would be a completely different person. I probably wouldn't be talking on podcasts and cracking jokes about my car crash life. Um, <laughs> and it's just, I just, I think it's, it's just, it's so cool. And I love meeting other people who also have ADHD, particularly if they also covered in tattoos and, and are also sober. Brilliant. Um, so, I mean, I could keep talking <laughs> keep talking for ages um but yeah so that's my diagnosis story um I think that that's interesting I actually read something recently and I was trying to pull it up because I was thinking oh did I save that but I, I was reading recently about ADHDers and addiction and how it's very common for uh those with ADHD to to fall into addiction just because of those things, almost like we're looking for that stimulation for our brains or, you know, we're looking for those hits of dopamine or all of those different chemicals that, you know, we're maybe lacking in the brain or we don't have as much of, you know, we're using um, these different substances or these other things, you know, these unhealthy coping mechanisms to manage it. I found myself in that trap as well. Like I'm still, um, and I've just diagnosed myself because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> and so, and actually my youngest son has it as well. He was diagnosed and that's kind of how I, again, discovered my own journey of just, I always thought I was just scatterbrained and just like all over the place. And I'm just like, well, that's just me. I just can't life. You know, I just, just thought that I was a hot mess. And then, yeah, after going through his journey with him, I'm like, nope, I'm pretty sure that I have ADHD too, you know, because a lot of the same strategies that work for him, they'll work for me. Um, and so it's, it's, it's interesting. I think it's so interesting to see, to hear the stories of people. So um, I, I started drinking alcohol for the same reason. Things got just chaotic and overwhelming and my brain would just be like, it, it would literally feel like it was just... Um, kind of short shorting is the way that I would think of it and I would just be like and and like you said the drinking would calm the chaos um make things okay or like you said just make it to where we didn't notice that everything around us was in shambles um and so and then but I noticed from there like I got sober but then I was smoking like a train right I went on over smoking cigarettes like a train and then from there, then I was using uh, marijuana to manage it. And so, um, you know, I, I've noticed that pattern with myself. So I thought that it was really interesting when I found, you know, reading that story about addiction and how it can be really common for ADHDers. So just throwing that out there, if you are somebody with ADHD, just being really extra aware of that, just because it, I know for myself, this is how it shows up. Like I'm constantly seeking stimulation. So I have to even be careful with food. Like sometimes I'll cruise through the kitchen and I'm just like, 
I need stimulation. And I'm like, whoa, okay, don't get it through. Like, <laughs> calm down. So I think that this is really important that we're talking about it, especially, um, like you said, as women being diagnosed later in life. I feel like ADHD has really only started becoming something that we really talk about and we really start advocating for and we're trying to understand and help only within maybe the last decade. Um, honestly, I feel that way. So when we, we look at ourselves, like we said, as women, as girls, they're miss, you know, they're just not, what am I trying to say? Like they're not diagnosed with it. Like it's, it's far more prevalent in boys or maybe it shows up differently. I have a lot of friends who say theirs shows up more as inattentive than the hyperactive. Yeah. More, more women get diagnosed with inattentive. And that's the one that's easy to miss because inattentive girls don't cause trouble. Inattentive girls just slip under the radar. They don't do as well. They're, they're the ones like, um, their report cards constantly say could do better daydreaming could do better always away with the fairies or in her own little world and these are things that I know I had um so they're the one they're constantly underachieving and because they're not actually causing problems the teachers aren't complaining about them so the teachers aren't pulling the parents in the teachers aren't even noticing that they exist probably half the time because they're just so quiet and, you know, if they get into trouble, it's because they, they, they weren't listening when they got asked a question rather than they like right in the teacher's face. Go, <laughs> rather than, yeah, I think of my little one who's just always, you know, poking at somebody or yeah. having that burst or like having an attitude. So, yeah. 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 And, and it's those girls that then are going to end up with the depression and anxiety, low self-esteem. And who probably they will end up then, you know, going into addiction and all sorts of other maladaptive behaviors to to reinforce to try and boost their self-esteem and and get themselves through life where they've internalized that they're a bit crap whereas actually they've got this brain in their heads that's capable of so much if only they didn't feel so bad about themselves oh yes I try to stress the importance of that all the time that just because the ADHD brain, it does work differently. Some things are more difficult, but um, just think, I think about too with myself and my son, when there's something we're really passionate about or like me with my creativity, Ooh, I can focus, right? There's, we can focus. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we can be brilliant. <laughs> oh my gosh, we can. Um so I, I love that we're talking about this just because we're not neurotypical doesn't mean that we're not, um, you know, completely here to change the world. Yeah. That's what I want to say. We're yeah. Here to change the world. I think that the only people who do change the world are the ones with the brains that don't work the same as the norm, because the people whose brains work the same as the norm just accept the norm. The brains like ours that say, hang on, this could be done a lot better. Let's do this differently. <laughs> and then we try something completely mad and it works. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. And it's 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 such an empowering way to look at it too, not looking at it as um a condition or an illness or something that's wrong with you, but looking at it as like a superpower almost, right? 
So we got to learn some extra strategies, probably do things a little bit different, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah. I liken it to like, I'm left-handed and I live in a right-handed world. So I've had to adapt my whole life to being left-handed because the world isn't built for right for left-handed people. But nobody tells me there's something wrong with me because I'm left-handed. I just have to manage things differently. So things might be a bit more difficult for me, but I adapt and I get on with it. And nobody has ever labeled left-handedness as a disorder, but somebody with left hand, who is left-handed can be, as, can be quite disadvantaged in a right-handed world, but it's not a disorder. It's really interesting. I, I, I find that really, I, I don't see any difference. My, my hands work differently to the norm and my brain works differently to the norm. Oh, I love that you share that with us because I think that that's, that's like the perfect metaphor to say, yeah, we don't go around saying like, oh, you're left-handed, you know, <laughs> you need to, you need to go get some help for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Have some medication and so you can yeah. be right-handed. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about, I saw you've written a book about your recovery. Is this correct? I have, yes. Yes, that was the most ADHD thing I ever did in my entire life too yeah tell us about that <laughs> so I was um I was booked to speak at a conference in India so this was my first trip to India it was my first time of being invited to be a speaker at an international event and I was super excited as you can imagine and I'd been sober by this point for about a year and a half yeah about a year and a half and we were given the opportunity to connect with fellow speakers beforehand. So one of the talks that I was going to be on was, was a panel discussion. And I connected with one of the people who was going to be part of this panel discussion. And we had a Skype call. And she told me that she had written a book that she was going to launch at the conference. So my FOMO kicked in and I was like, I want to write a book to launch at the conference. So this was about six weeks before the conference. And I'd started doing this because I am a writer and I started doing this um, writing every day through March challenge with a couple of friends. And of course, I'd only done like half of it. And so I had about 15,000 words of what I thought was the makings of the start of a book. So I, was like, I, I spoke to a, an editor friend of mine and I said, right, I've got about a month. Would you be prepared to edit this book if I write it and help me get this book ready to publish in just over a month? <laughs> like, it's insane, right? And she said yes, because she's obviously as crazy as I am. And so I went to this, what I thought was like half a book, and it, and, and it quickly became obvious that this was basically the self-therapy that I'd done that was going to mean that I was going to be able to write a book. If I published most of what was there, my family still wouldn't be speaking to me. You know, it was all very much turning over the past and, and healing stuff so I essentially had a month to write a book <laughs> and I did it I nearly had a complete breakdown doing it but I did it but I didn't know I had ADHD at that point um and I still think that was the most ADHD thing I'd ever I've ever done um and proof to me that I can if I I'd, I'd taken myself off Facebook for a month and that helped because I don't think I'd have done it if I'd had Facebook that I could procrastinate with. But you know, I set myself this absolutely lunatic deadline 
and I had a really compelling reason to want to do it. You know, the idea of having been able to say I launched my book in India and it's about yoga and I had to launch it in India. It was just going to be wonderful. And I didn't even do much with the launch. I mean, it was a very, and you know, I just put a post out on Facebook saying, yay, my book's out. It wasn't even that big a deal, really. It, but it was, it was what got me to write the book. If I hadn't done that, I still wouldn't have written the book. I don't expect. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, it was a, a, an amazing experience to, to then be able to say, look, I'm an author. Um, and, and yeah, without a doubt, I haven't done anything quite as extreme or quite as, it gave me such an adrenaline rush. <laughs> the dopamine, just like that dopamine may as well pretty much flew me to India. You know, the, the, that, that pretty much got me there on its own. It was incredible. Esther, I'm laughing so hard because you're all, that's such an ADHD thing. And I'm like, mm. so I'm part of this book collaboration. I'm very excited. I'm going to be an author soon too. So I have, I have three weeks. I only have to write one chapter. It's only like um, 2,500 words or something, but I'm still like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? So every time I sit down to write, I'm just like, totally I don't know what's right you know so but I think it's going to be good again having myself on that timeline otherwise it'll never get done but um my podcast kind of started as a very ADHD thing um when I posted in the group that I'm like hey does anybody want to be a guest on my show and it just kind of blew up and I started like I had like 400 responses on it and so I'm just like I'm going to interview everybody right and and we went right (laughs) and I went (laughs) And it, and now, yeah, but now I'm like six months into it and it's been an incredible journey. It's been so much fun, like meeting people, having this show, but I'm just like, holy cow, girl, you're going to burn yourself out. <laughs> so I can completely relate with you. Oh, do you know what? I keep talking to myself about like thinking about podcasting and you just got me thinking, that's the way I should do it. Just put myself in the situation where I've got no choice. <laughs> Yep. Just throw yourself in there. And I was just like, yeah. And then I'm like, why did I do that? You know, I have six months, six months of guests scheduled out and I'm just like, but it was really good for me too, because I struggled with speaking with people. I, you know, there's a lot of like limiting beliefs for me to work through, um, around my own voice in the beginning and like having anything smart to say. And, you know, I was working through all of that stuff and I feel like, like I've grown with my show. So it's, it's, it's just been a really cool thing. I think that's what I needed. But the first two weeks, I was a nervous wreck. I'd wake up in the morning, just feeling sick. And I'm like, I have to talk to people. And it was just like, my nervous system was freaking out. But after that couple of weeks, it was just like, ah, oh, she makes us do this all the time. So I kind of got used to it. So, um, you know, I think, I think again, like our ADHD can be a superpower because there's no way I would have jumped into that on my own. Yeah. No way. In- that's in- amazing. In- I woke up one morning with a wild hair up my butt and I'm like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. (laughs) That's, 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 I think how every ADHD decision gets made. It's like, I just woke up with this fantastic idea and it's going to happen today. And if it doesn't happen today, it will never happen. (laughs) And then here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Six months down the line, you're like, why did I start this? Yes. So I just love that we're being able to have this conversation and just kind of show the good around HD, showing the really uh, the cool parts of it. The you know, it can be stressful, you know, when we put ourselves in those situations with those deadlines. But look at how much person think of how much personal growth also comes from, right? 
And so the other thing that I love that you're doing here, you're helping women with ADHD manage their emotions. Is that right? Like, that's a huge thing. Have you noticed, do women with ADHD have a harder time with that? Well, definitely. I mean, emotional regulation is a, is a massive issue with ADHD um, because we're so, you know, we, we, we're very much about how things are right now in the here and now and because we can hyper-focus on that feeling. So, you know, I'm having a really bad moment becomes, oh my God, my life is so terrible because we very quickly remember all the reasons why we've ever felt bad and we can like really pile negativity on negativity upon negativity and because we can hyper focus it can just be so hard to stay there and um we need positive emotion to be able to move forward so we need to feel good about anything so that we can move forward and if all we're doing is focusing on the bad then all we do is push ourselves further down into the bad. And it, it can take like a mammoth effort then to get ourselves out of that and into feeling good. And it can be, you know, what started out as, you know, I forgot, I, I left the washing in the machine for three days again, can spiral very quickly down into I am absolutely useless and I'm a terrible housekeeper, I'm a terrible mother, I'm a terrible human being because we left the washing in the machine for the day. <laughs> we can spiral so quickly. Yeah, I would do that with my kids. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be like, oh my God, I forgot to get like something for a school project or I forgot to buy them new shoes that I've been needing to do for like two weeks or, you know, something like that. And I'm just like, oh, I'm the worst mom ever. Why can't I get it together? Like, oh yeah. So I can see that. I can definitely see that. So what are some tips that you, you know, do you provide any tips on anything for healthier ways to manage these emotions? What are some ways that we can? So the, the, the thing that helped me the most when I was, um, when I, when I've been on this journey has been learning to breathe properly. Um, so, you know, using your breath to, to calm yourself down when you're feeling stressed, to bring yourself into the, you know, bring yourself out of your head basically get yourself out of your head and just just use your breath to just bring your nervous system back into a calm state where you can actually function um so breathing and uh journaling uh, or not so much journaling free writing you know just sitting there and just letting your brain empty itself through the paper i've done an awful lot of healing through writing and <clears throat> because of like writing has been such a big part of my my journey I'm actually doing professional copywriting now um so I've I've kind of gone on and, and realized like that I can write so I'm now also I'm doing professional copywriting because I realized that writing is something that I enjoy is something that I do I use it for my own mental health but I can also use it to help other people as well so it's um that's been really powerful I mean I I've healed myself through so a lot of my recovery came through writing a lot of my processing of my um you know the, the grief that I talked about earlier on about ADHD a lot of that came through writing you know I just I used to do um I don't do it anymore because ADHD but I used to write um 750 words every day 
I used to make a point of doing that. There's the website, 750words.com. So I used to write on that every day. And most of the time that would be dealing with some emotional problem or another. So I've kind of got over heartbreak through that. I've processed the pandemic through writing. You know, I've, I've wrote my way through dealing with what's been going on with COVID. I, so writing, I, I think, ultimately, I think if I could, if I had to choose one of those two things that I could do for the rest of my life, for my well-being, writing probably is the more powerful of the two. Because, you know, when you're doing the breathing, like I've, I've, I've combined the two sometimes. So I'll do this deep breathing for a while and then I'll go and write. And that's a powerful thing to do. But when you're writing, especially if you do it every day, you start to see patterns in what you're writing and you're thinking, oh, I'm doing this. I'm talking about this again. You know, am I still going over this? Am I still writing about this asshole of a man? Am I, am I still writing about him? Really? Am I still? You know? And you find yourself like, why am I still focusing on this? And then that becomes what you deal with. And then it's, you know, you you become a lot more aware of the repetition of your thoughts, the, the, the fact that you're hyper focusing on things becomes really obvious when you've got them, when you're writing them down every day, whether you type in it or write it by hand. You, you can't avoid confronting what you're holding on to when you're writing it down. Whereas with the breathing, like what passes through my head when I'm sitting on my yoga mat, I got ADHD. I couldn't tell you an hour later what thoughts I had while that was happening. But if I've written them down, I know what was going on. So, yeah, the writing, writing is really powerful. Um, it's also, of course, really good as a way to, you know, remind yourself of stuff that's happened. <laughs> but it is very good for dealing with that overall emotional stuff. You know, if you feel in your head is full of stuff, just write it all down. Even if you just write a list, you know, you've got 400 things that you think you need to get done that day. Spend some time writing down and then go through it and you can think do I actually need to do that do I really need to does, is that ever going to get done am I ever I'm never going to do that so that can get crossed off I know I'm not going to do that and you can like go through and see how much stuff you're filling your head up with and how much you can let go of it's really powerful yes and sometimes I'm filling my head up with more than than is even like there. Sometimes when I do take that where I'm just like, I have so much to do. And I'm like, okay, put it on paper. And then like, I put it on paper and I'm like, you don't have that much to do. like, it's not that much, but yet in my head, it was just running into all of these things and felt enormous. <laughs> so I would love to know what are the things do you use to manage your ADHD? So the breathing, the journaling, do you have other things that you're using to manage? So I, I don't, I stopped taking my medication a while ago. Um, I was taking medication, but the first lot that I had did something weird to my circulation in my hands and it, it, it messed with my, my uh, I was getting numbness in my hands and feet a lot. And I wasn't even sure if it was actually doing anything because I still felt quite scattered. Um, and, you know, it was very much like, I'm going to do it if I want to do it. I'm not going to do it if I don't want to do it. And the medication didn't seem to make any difference. And then I got given a different type of medication. And the first day I took that, I could barely remember what my name was. It was I was I was like a hundred times worse than on my worst ADHD day. 
So I've still got the nearly full pack of that. I just thought, no, whatever that is, I'm not going there. So I'm not medicated at all at the moment. And what I do, what I've done is I've, so I followed a course last year by, have you heard of Tracy Otsuka? She, she's got a, another podcast, the ADHD for Smart Ass Women, and she runs a program um, which is all about helping you kind of learn how your ADHD works and how you can um, bring the best of yourself out. And I did her program last year. And she starts by showing, getting you to work out your values and you look at your strengths and you look at what it is about life that you are really passionate, what, what fires you up in life. And it's a brilliant, I mean, as a, as a personal development exercise, it was phenomenal because I'm still learning based on what she taught me um, a year ago. And so as a result of that, I changed my life <laughs> and I quit the job that I was doing that was kind of draining me. And now I'm copywriting, um, which is work that I love. So if, if it, it gives me that creative outlet and there's variety and there's challenge and it's not too hard that I feel overwhelmed, but it's what Dr. Edward Hallowell calls the right difficult so it's challenging enough that I have to work at it, but not so hard that I think I can't do this, that I don't want to do it, so I procrastinate. Um, so what for me, what, what really manages it, what I'm really doing right now to manage it is I'm, I've built a life around how my brain works. So, you know, I, I do my exercise and I do my writing and, and I, I, I go for walks and I, I, I do... That I put music, I listen to music a lot because music really helps. But it's come from working out who I am and how my brain works and just crafting my life around me instead of trying to make me fit into the world out there. And I think that's the secret to success with ADHD. It's knowing yourself and building your life around who you are instead of who you think you ought to be to fit into a world that you're never going to fit into the world can fit the world can bend around me for a change i i absolutely love that advice building a life around how your brain works because um it's not everybody else's life right it's yours you've got to live it you're the one that's got to you know take care of the responsibilities and still follow your passions and be you and take care of yourself so it absolutely needs to be designed to work for you i love that you say that because um, you know, ever since I started working from home at the pandemic and my kids have been home at the same time and it's been so hard with, um, you know, the different interruptions and, and this and that, but I was able to build something that's worked like, okay, so I work these couple of hours and then like, you know, I can't sit for a long periods of time either. Like, like our podcast interview where coming up on like 40 minutes and I'm like, you see me over here like fidgeting. So like when I'm sitting working at my computer, like I can't sit for that long period of time. I got to get up. I got to fidget and see if I had a traditional job. I don't know if they would allow that, but sometimes after 40 minutes, I'll get up and I'll just go do maybe a short little workout or I'll go do a little dance or I'll go for a little walk or I'll, I just can't like, like I have to, <laughs> to get up and do other things. And yeah, if I was at a regular job, there's no way that they would have come down that. Chrissy's not at her desk again. Where'd she go? <laughs> Another thing that I discovered um, at the start of lockdown, and that's again, this was thanks to Tracy Otsuka, was Focus Mate. I don't know if you've heard of Focus Mate. 
um, focusmake.com. It was, I'm, I'm certain that the guy who started it has ADHD. It's a body doubling, um, co-working accountability system. So you use video, um, you, you partner up with somebody for 50 minutes, and you have a video call and you say what you want to achieve at the start of your session and then you're working in silence but you're on camera and then at the end you say how did you do and you feedback how you did and so I joined that last year I started using it back in April or maybe May when I started using it properly and that transformed my ability to do my job. So I was working in a job that I really didn't like at the time and I was very unhappy in the job. The work was really tedious most of the time. But I was very grateful to have a job when people were losing their job all over the, you know, I was a single mum and I, like, the last thing I wanted was to complain about this job because I needed the income. But I was really struggling and having this thing where I was connecting with people all over the world many of whom also had ADHD because they were there because it helps them with their ADHD. It gave that connection, which was which which is so important for, for us with ADHD as well. We need to have, well, I certainly do, and I know lots of others with ADHD, we're like, just need to talk to people who get me. Um, and that really helps because you have that short window. And I don't know about you, but if you give me a very tight deadline to do something, I can work miracles in that short amount of time. You know, I can write a thousand word blog post in 50 minutes or I can make it last three weeks and I'll still leave it until the last five, 50 minutes. Um, so that short window of accountability and the person at the end, and, and the more I did it, the more I, I started to form friendships with people. So then it's like, well, I can't lie to this person because they're my focus mate friend. Um, so that really helps because you've got that sense of support. Because, you know, if, if you say, oh, well, I, I, was, I really struggled, I got completely distracted, they're not going to say, you're a terrible person, Esther, you're a real scumbag for not doing your work. They're going to say, oh, well, you know, we're going through a tough time, you'll do better. And they're really supportive. So it was really good because it, it gave me that support. And it also took away a lot of the shame around those times when I wasn't productive because I was able to just say, well, you know pandemic my head's all over the place and have that real validation that that was okay <laughs> oh, that's that's so that's so big sometimes I think just having that validation that it's okay you know that we couldn't focus on something or that you know maybe in my case it takes me so long to get something done um just that validation like so I would love to know if we want to come and find you, where are we able to find you out online? Well, that is the ever-changing question. So right now, so I've got, I don't know, the last count, three websites, four websites. <laughs> so yeah, one, of my, my, one of my ADHD things is I keep buying domain names and building new websites. Um, how many of you got? I have, well, when I first started, I think I went through three. My husband finally got to the point. I was talking again recently about a name change. I'm just like, I don't know. And he's like, oh my God, here we go again. And I'm like, no, no, I like this one. I like this one. I'm like, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it all squish into this name. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on my third. <laughs> so, so my, um, my, my, um, Helping Women with ADHD Emotions website is called stillwildmind.com. 
And if anyone wants to hire me as a copywriter, that is also for ADHD entrepreneurs, um, because I love working with people with ADHD. And that is behererightnow.co.uk. And it's be here right now, right as in what you write, you know, I'm a writer, so it's be here right now. Um, bit of a uh, Ramdas inspiration there. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a George Harrison connection because I my like my tattoo is a George. George Harrison's got a song called Be Here Now. So it's more to do with George Harrison than Ram Dass, if I'm honest. <laughs> so I'd love to know. Um, I was actually going to I, I'm glad this is a great segue into my next question. So um I would love to hear one of your stories about one of your tattoos, maybe the one that means the most to you or your favorite or your best story. I'd love if you just shared one of your stories with us about it. Okay. Well, I will, I will tell you about my last one. So I, I got two tattoos at the same time, my last session. I got two. So I got one on my, I'm going to show you the people. Are, I can send you photos if you want to put them with the podcast. So I've got this here, which is a beautiful multicolored feather. And it's a quill that is feeding. It's just written some words. And those words are from the Beatles' Blackbird. And the line is, you were only waiting for this moment to be free. Now, I got this to celebrate giving up my job, moving into freelance copywriting and taking my son out to school to home educate him permanently as a that's one of the gifts that the pandemic has given us and at the same time um I also got this hummingbird on the other arm and the hummingbird I chose because somebody told me that it was the perfect representation of ADHD because hummingbirds are bright and colorful and translucent and move around really fast and there were some other things as well about the way that the light the, the the iridescence of them and the, the just how brilliant and beautiful they are and how wonderful they are so yeah I got that and this line this this line from Blackbird this is a song that I've sung with my son every night at bedtime when he's not with his dad and um it, it fits because um I've just redone my values uh, my top values and my top top sort of life theme values is freedom and everything I'm doing in my life at the moment is about moving towards a place where I can be a bit more free so I can travel and, and have a bit more adventure and freedom in my life so yeah I I I I, I love these then these are the prop these well no they're all pretty colorful actually but yeah this the one the, the the blackbird line I think would probably be my favorite out of those two because it's so it's so meaningful for me and my son um, and it was officially, it was a Christmas present from him as well. I paid for it, but it was from him. Yeah, it was from him, right? That's how it goes with my husband too. I'm like, I'm just going to buy this for myself. That's my Christmas present. My yeah. present. <laughs> I just bought myself my present. Okay. Sharing that with us. Um, yeah, we were talking the very beginning, um, you know, before we started recording about you know, how both of us have many tattoos and how all of them have a story. All of them have a meaning behind them. So I think that's so cool. I think it's just a story written across your body. I the, I think I mentioned to you that I did a talk about my tattoos a few years ago and I called it the stories on my skin. That was the title of the talk. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. And I'm like, that inspired me. I'm like, I might do a blog post about like the meaning behind all of them. That's, that's a great idea because there's such a story behind each of them. So thank you for that inspiration for myself. <laughs> I feel like I have lots of inspiration. So many great things from this episode. You've given us resources. Um, I just have to tell you, Esther, it has been an absolute joy being able to talk to you today. And I love it because a lot of my episodes, I end up just going all over the place with them like, oh, but what about this? Okay, tell us about this. Tell us about this. And you have just been absolutely right there with me like, yep, okay. Yep, I'm telling you, I'm right there. So I just have to thank you. This has been incredible. It's been fun. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to speak with you. Thank you. So I want to make sure if you're listening to us today, go ahead and scroll down. Um, Both Esther and my information will be down in the show notes. Please connect with us. Let us know how you like this episode. Let us know um, if you yourself have ADHD and if some of these resources um, have helped you, if you've never heard of them before, we would love to hear from you. So we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Self Project Podcast. Make sure that you scroll down and you check out the show notes so you can connect with our awesome guests from today. And also come over and follow me on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin to see more of what I've got going on. Make sure that you've subscribed to the show so that you can get regular updates and I will see you next time.